as, uh, as the worship leader of this church, I got to say, man, brother, thank you for that. Um, I want to I start today by, look, Ben has, I think you said it best, man, the, the veterans that are here. Uh, if you're here, if you are in the Army, or if you are in the military, if you served in the military, would you just stand for a second, please? I, there you go. I want you guys to know that, man, I, I truly, truly appreciate your service. My son, Reed, and I were watching um, TV last night and on the September 11th. And I'm so reminded of your willing to charge into harm's way for us. And I, tr- I just want you to know how much I appreciate it and how much this church appreciates it. Um, okay, so here's the deal. A lot of you guys are looking at me going, who's this guy up here preaching today? He's just a guy that sings. I get that. I get that. But John Hugh didn't have anybody else he could choose. So he thought, why not? Me just, let me just, I guess Chris. But they're on vacation, and he has asked me today to... Uh, to talk, so I figured I would. Here's the deal. I, I love music, obviously. There's, you know, music for me is, is uh, I learned at an early age that music was something that I felt more so than I heard. Does that make any sense? Like, you know, my brother Kevin used to make fun of me all the time, but he'd be sitting over there doing his out of beat, like, head banging. And I'd just be sitting there, you know, kind of grooving, man, just feeling it like I felt it. You know what I mean? Like it was in my core. And so today I want to talk to you about battle songs. Um, And I know that y'all are probably going, dude, what are you talking about, battle songs? But it'll make sense here in a minute. Um, When I was, when I was, my first, one of my first memories as a, uh, one of my, or probably my first sports memory was, a, t- a t-ball player. When I was five or six years old, we played t-ball. And I can remember going, I can remember driving, uh, driving to, the, to the t-ball field, and I can remember the look in Kevin's eyes, my twin brother. Kevin would, you know, as we, he kind of looked at me, and I remember the look on his face, and we were preparing for, for battle, as I would say, t-ball. I can remember the, the smell of mom's perfume. I, I, I can remember the smell of the grass as we got to the ballpark. I can remember the sound of the bats as they hit the, hit the balls. Mine usually missed, but the reason I retired from baseball at eight. <laughs> but you know what I remember the most? You know what I remember the most? I remember this song. Seems like every time we went Every time we got in a car to go to the field, this particular song was playing. And I'm, I, I don't even know if I want to play this, but B, I'm, I'm, starting, to, I'm starting to second guess myself. But all right, y'all want to hear it? Y'all want to hear it? Play it, B. Hold on. We got to feel a little more than that. You can't be hating on else, right? Hold up. This is the first line. Okay, that's all I need right there. B, you can stop that. <laughs> all right, look, that's probably more chatter than we need in a day. But, but, but here's the deal. You know, as I was headed to the ballpark, as I was in that car, 
And, and in my little six-year-old mind, as I was anxious for the, for the game that was coming up. Like that song, to me, it prepared me. It got me feeling strong. I got pumped up, man. It was that, the chatter in it, but it was the drum beat that was going. And I remember just, man, every time we went, I felt it. And it took me from being like this six-year-old terrible t-ball player to a six-year-old major league baseball player that was about to dominate. <laughs> dominate. I'm not kidding. Y'all think I'm kidding, but I'm not. All right, but look, and then as I got older, I had other battle songs. Now, you guys and girls probably did too. Is whether it was a sporting event, whether it was a circumstance in life I was going through, different songs got me through different times. A lot of you probably remember your, the song in your head as or, or even the song that was played your senior year in high school. Everybody had kind of a senior year. I, I, I can't throw that much cheddar out in one service. But I do want to show you guys some. Is it okay if I play some songs for you guys? Now look. Joseph left some of his notes up here. Um, all right, B, let me play that, play that, uh, play that next one. I'm going to give you some examples of this. Jimi Hendrix. All right. Next one, B. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to bust a move right here. Do I need to even say who this is? Aerosmith? All right, B. Come on. Oh. Now, if you're from the South, or if you're even from... I'm, in fact, I'm not even going to tell y'all what song this is. You should already know. All right, B, next one. Goodness gracious. Led Zeppelin. All right. All right, stop it. Stop it. Now, look, before this next song is played, I just want to say this. I'm sorry. All right. I went through a phase. I've, anyway, go ahead, B. Run DMC, you be illin. Alright. Hold on. Kentucky fried chicken. Alright, that's good. Alright, hit the next one. All right, time out. Stop it, B. You know, when mom was telling me that that music's going gonna, gonna, gonna to ruin your soul, Ozzy Osbourne, she never thought I'd be playing it in church. All right, B, give me the last one. Oh, arguably one of the best guitar riffs in history. Even though I'm a bluesy guy, man, I love some, did love some GNR. Okay, that's it. be my last time to get up here. <laughs> all right, but look, so first of all, thanks for letting me step back in time. Second of all, um, I want to talk to you, as I said, about battle songs. Today, we're going to talk about a different type of battle song. Um, as you, saw the, uh, you saw the box that JJ had up here. It's, we're, today, we start the series called Red Letter Sundays, and that is where you can take, you can walk out there, write whatever you want on this on the sheet of paper, drop it in there, and we will choose from it throughout the summer, and we'll talk about different topics. 
Now today's topic, today's topic was a little bit heavy. Today's topic wasn't quite as fun as the battle songs we just listened to. But here, here, here's some questions. What do you do, what, what do you do when you're overcome with fear? What do you do when you're overcome with fear? What do you do when it seems to be no way out of a terrible situation? What do you do when life seems to be crashing and burning? What do you do? We're going to use uh, 2 Corinthians 20 to try to answer this question, or, or to answer this question today. And it's a lot, you know, it's 30 verses. I'm not going to read the entire 30 verses, but if you have your Bibles today, just open up 2 Corinthians chapter 20. 2 <laughs> Chronicles. It says, let me better take some of this. 2 <laughs> Chronicles. Go the, go the other direction. 2 Chronicles 20. And we're, we're going to talk about Jehoshaphat. Now, um, I'm going to read, what I'll do is I'll read some of this to you. We're going to go through the first four, four verses, and then, then, um, and then we'll stop. All right, it says this. After this, the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Mennonites came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It's already at Hazazan Tamar. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Wow. Just to stop right there, so let's, let's kind of recap this. These three armies get together. And they decide they're going to wipe Jehoshaphat, wipe him out. These men come and they tell King Jehoshaphat that. And the first thing he does, and it says he was alarmed and in fear. Think about that. He was alarmed. It says he resolved. So he thought about this to inquire of the Lord. And so he prayed and he proclaimed a fast for Judah. Now, why would he do that? He did it because he needed them to take their focus off of themselves and focus on God. That's what a fast does. So it says, people from all over Judah came together to seek him. Now, why would they do that? They did that because, see, they, had, see, they knew from history, they knew they knew that God would, de- <coughs> God would deliver them. And they had seen it over and over and over. But he- here's the deal. You know, as I know, that there were some people there that were freaking out. There were some people there were like, oh, it's goddamn. I don't know. But they had no other choice. They were facing annihilation from a massive army. Vast. The word vast is used over and over. They had to turn to God. I'm going to read, uh, Je- it says that Je- Jehoshaphat 
Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of God, of Judah and Jerusalem, at the temple of the Lord in front of the courtyard, and he said this, all right? He said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who's in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand. No one can withstand you. O our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And he goes on, and he goes on, and he's talking, and he's praying, and he's... As he's doing that, you know what he's doing? One, he's committing the situation to God. He's praising and recognizing God is in control. This was the king. You think he wasn't freaking out too? These are all his people he was was responsible for. But he resolved to pray and ask God. And so he goes through, and he's, as he's praising in his prayers, and he, he gets to complete dependence, he says this in verse 12, and I love this. It says, for we have no power to face this vast army attacking us. We don't know what to do, but, I love that word, but our eyes are on you. God we can't do this. We don't, we don't have the resources to do this. But our eyes are going to be on you. Wow. You think those people, they were, they were freaking out, man. You know they had to be freaking out. But they had to trust. And they had a leader that trusted. Psalm 30, 30 uh, 33, 16 through 18 says this. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite his great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Dwayne Moore does a great, great study on this. And he says this, when we abandon all hope in all other sources and place our faith in God alone, he will always prove himself to be the one and only God. <laughs> Pretty awesome. In fact, that's why David, you know, I, I told myself, y'all hear me talk about David every week. It's like I'm obsessed, which I know I am. I have like this band thing for him. And there's, it's all good. Um, But he wrote Psalm 38, and I talk about Psalm 38 all the time. And Psalm 38 says this. Let me flip over to it. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. But um, it says, he says, oh, Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger. He said, Lord, my, my friends are against me. I'm hiding out in a cave. People are trying to kill me. My family's turned on me. He even says my back hurts. He says, Lord, life is miserable. Life is miserable. I'm in a cave. I'm hiding out. But then in verse 15, he says this. But I'll wait. But I'll wait. Because you, you will answer. See, he knew. Lord, the world's caving in on me. 
but I'll wait. Because your promises, God, are legit. They are true. I love that. So back to the text. So we go back and it says, um, there's this, there's this guy, his name's Jehaziel, and the Spirit of God comes on him, and God uses Jehaziel to speak to his people. And this is what he says. He said uh, in verse 15, if you have your Bibles, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all you who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And in verse 17, he says, you will, you will not have to fight this battle. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. It's the second time he said that in three verses. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow. And the Lord will be with you. So what happened right there? If you know the story, you know. They believed God's promise. Verse 18 says that they worshiped. They worshiped. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. So hold on, wait a minute. The world's caving in on you. The world's caving in on you. You got people coming against you. You got this massive army. Society says, get your army and go after them. It's all you can do. But the king is saying, hold up. Let's worship. Don't you know some of those people that still had doubt were going, say what? Worship? Dude, we're about to get wiped off the planet. What do you mean worship? But he believed God. Jehoshaphat tells them this in verse 20. Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Now stop right there. You notice the exclamation mark, exclamation mark after that? I love that. Listen to me, people of Judah. Listen to me, people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets, and you will be successful. Verse 21, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise Him for the splendor of His holiness. As they went out at the head of the army. Now hold up. This is where I was freaked out. Completely freaked out. So Jehoshaphat says, hey listen, Instead of getting a billion horses or getting all the resources we have, we're going to have, this, we're going to have our army right here, but in, in front of the army, we're going to worship. We're going to send our singers to battle. 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Here's the part I love. I'm going to reread this. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise Him for the splendor of His holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, you ready? Here comes the battle song. You ready? Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Ahead of the army. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Can, can you hear it? Is there marching? Can you hear the marching? Can you hear that? Is there marching? And they're getting a little bit closer. I like to think it went down kind of like this. As they're marching and they're singing. You hear the ridicule from the people. The other army laughing at them, thinking they're crazy about to wipe them out. And all you hear is, Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. As they got closer. And they got closer. They felt stronger. I know they did. They felt stronger. As they kept reciting it over and singing, Give thanks to the Lord, His love endures forever. They just felt it. You know they felt it. And they felt the strength. They felt the power. And they go before in worship. I cannot even imagine what that must have been like. Verse 22 says, As they sang... As they begin to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Give thanks to the Lord and they were defeated as they worshipped. The world was caving in on them and they worshipped. Verse 30 says it all. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for God had given them rest on every side. So we're starting over here, and the world's about to take us down. We don't know what to do. We're freaking out. And we slowly feel God say, hey man, I got this. And as they begin to sing and they feel the strength, they have peace on all sides. I don't know about you guys and girls. That freaks me out. But here's the deal. Here's the hard part. You, me, us, we have to give up on ourselves, quit depending on ourselves, and we have to depend on who? On God. Nothing can stop God's plan. It doesn't matter. Nothing can stop God's plan. What are God's plans for you? What is it? Do you know? I do. I know what His plan for me is. Jeremiah 29, 11 says it all. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Another one of God's promises. Just like this in your battle. God's saying, hey dude, my plans for you are hope and a future and prosperous. You know what Jesus said? You know what Jesus said for those of us that are all struggling and freaking out and worried? John, he says this all the time. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will. Here's that constant again, will. I will give you rest. <laughs> Amen. So my question to you today is this. What is your battle? What are you facing? Really? In your, I mean, deep. What is your battle? Is it a divorce? Is it a breakup? Your finances cashed? You done? You broke? Have you been unfaithful to somebody? Somebody been unfaithful to you? Did you just come off a really difficult school year where you picked on? Did you bomb out of school? What's your battle? What is it? Are you taking one baby step away from Jesus? One day at a time? You feel yourself just kind of slowly moving away from him? Might be you just missed your Devo one day. One step away at a time. What is your battle? I want you to be honest with yourself with that. Sometimes that's not very easy. I'll tell you what my battle is. And before I even say this, I want you guys to know that I hate talking about this. I know hate's a strong word. I do not like talking about this. My struggle, my battle is back pain. I have had 10 back surgeries. For those of you that don't know me, I, that's the deal. I've had a bunch of back surgeries, and my back is fried. And um, I know it doesn't look like it when I get up here on Sundays. But you know what? I don't like talking about it, but, but God is using that, as, as weird as it may sound, as a way to bring him glory. So I've learned that it's not about me. So I want to tell you something. Somewhere, I think it was my eighth back surgery, right before that, I'd had several in a row. Man, I was struggling. I was struggling so bad. And my family was watching me go through things that I absolutely don't wish on anybody. My kids were seeing their dad scream and in pain, and it was crazy, man. It was crazy. Obviously, medical bills were piling up. Polly and I were stressed out as all get out, and I just found out that I was going to have a surgery that would probably be more painful than all the previous seven. And I'm going to tell you, I was scared to death. I don't really get scared, honestly. I don't get... I don't let things bother me. Pretty laid-back dude, but this was all over me. You could see it hard as I try to keep it in, you can see it. And I remember one Sunday, I was having surgery on Monday, and I remember this Sunday, and Polly and I 
went down to the altar. And we just prayed. I can remember the, her tears dripping on my hands. Yeah. I can remember the, uh, the preacher's hand on my shoulder as he prayed over us. I, I remember things like Polly's head on my shoulder. I remember just feeling like the world was truly coming to an end. Then something happened to me. God did something that has absolutely, to this day, freaked me out. I felt something in my spirit. As those people started praying for me, and I started praying, I felt God say this. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands hath made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And he put that in my gut. And I started singing it. Man, I felt the strength come in me. That I can't describe. Because I started proclaiming and I started believing wholeheartedly that you know what? Wait a minute. This is not my battle. This is God's battle. As I felt the tears on me, as I was literally wiping, wiping it off my arm. And as I started singing, I felt stronger. Singing in my core, in my gut, I felt stronger. And I heard God say, this is not your battle, Chris. This is mine. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I believed. And man, I was so tripped out. I will tell you what, to go from wigging out like that one moment to go into like, whoa, it's all going to be good. I know Polly was like, okay, you got issues. <laughs> you know, but I want you to know something. I felt that strength. Not my strength. I was done. But I knew God's promises were true. And so when I get up here every Sunday, as you hear me say, God's promises are real. God's promises are real, man. Here's the deal. Remember what Jehoshaphat said? Remember when he, I was talking about the exclamation point. Listen to me, Judah. 
People of Jerusalem, have faith. Have faith in the Lord, your God, and you will be upheld. So I am begging you today, people of Bellwether, have faith in the Lord your God, and you, you will be upheld. You will be upheld. Jesus loves you more than you can ever know. Isn't that crazy? I mean, He truly loves you more than you could know. And what Jesus is doing right now, He's waiting on you to say, I know this is not my battle, God. This is yours. He's waiting on that. If you don't know who He is, He's saying, come to me. I'll give you rest. Come to me.